Hello and welcome to Helpful Friends. If you've been with us before, welcome back. You surprise me. If this is your first time, why have you chosen this episode? Probably because you did a little check of the blurbs and saw Possessed Teddy Bear, right? Anyway, for any newcomers, Helpful Friends is the podcast where we examine whether the dark forces of the supernatural can be beneficial to humans. I'm Peggy Lorimer, and I'm a psychic medium, which means I commune with the dead whether I like it or not. And generally, I don't. You're not overly fond of most of the living either, Peg. Um, My name is Alex Clements, and I'm a technical paranormal investigator, which means that I'm in charge of the machines that go beep when there's ectoplasm in the air. And I'm also really excited about this case because I've never met a possessed teddy bear, Peggy. That is so odd because you behave like one when you don't get enough sleep. If you've never met one, who did you model your behaviour on? This morning, for instance. I would like to apologise with the podcast audience as witnesses. Witness? No, witnesses. I really think it's more popular than you imagine, Peg. I would like to apologise for how grumpy I was at breakfast. Being out of sorts over the width of the rind in a marmalade is never acceptable. That's not manners. It's not that it's unacceptable behaviour, it's just weird. Particularly when you're so sanguine about things that are really important, like when your mother rang you yesterday and said that... Fine cut. I only like fine cut. Anyway, I was a bit tired because I couldn't sleep last night due to being so excited about the bear. Think of it, fluff. The revenge of fluff. The bride of fluff? Hey, maybe this will all end with you getting married to the possessed bear. That'll show your mother... Yes, we could have a picnic for the reception, because you ready? Sadly, yes. Today's the day the teddy bears have their... Wait for it. No, no, I won't. I don't like any of this. Today's the day the teddy bears have their paranormal picnic. Okay, we should stop the levity now, and the singing also, please. Our guest today is a very inspiring woman... Her name is Carmen Hanratty. She is a marketing consultant, a life coach, and quite the uh, social media influencer with her Instagram persona. Carmen, it is a persona, right? No one is actually themselves on Instagram, right? Right? Okay, yes, she's nodding. Instagram persona and podcast, The Later Bloom. Am I saying that right, Carmen? The Later Bloom? It's a flower reference, right? A late harvest? An unexpected petal? You are right. That is my work and my persona on social media where I celebrate coming into one's own in mid to late life and the fine art of not giving a flying fuck. There's yoga bits as well. And I haven't known you for long, Carmen, but just going on the conversation we had before recording, I think it's mostly the lack of flying fucks you're interested in. Yes, you're right. Unless you're talking about my trapeze experience last week, because in that, I really was just fucking flying. That's episode 117 of the podcast, if anyone is interested. But that's not what I'm here to talk about, really. It's all about the bear today. Master Fluff, the little gutter. Yes, you, uh, Carmen Hanratty, are... Wait, before you finish, Peggy, um, Carmen, are you called after the opera Carmen? Oh, no, Carmen Miranda. My mother had a thing for her. 
although they were worried the priest would, you know, make a face when I was getting baptised, so it's legally Carmel, but my mother always called me Carmen. Can I finish? You, Carmen, or Carmel, Henretti, are in possession of a possessed teddy bear. I am. I have my very own fluffy little monster, Fluff. And, of course, as you know, our podcast is about people who have found some benefit to experiencing a supernatural event that would generally be considered frightening and horrible. What would you say the benefits of having fluff in your life have been? Well, you know, as an overview, the benefit was that once I learned to accept that he wasn't going anywhere, I found that I could manage him and ultimately use him as a very pointed tool. Can I just say... That sounds a lot like the process that Peggy is currently having in therapy regarding her anger. What? Don't do that. I'm building rapport. Okay, but don't use my feelings bricks to build your rapport house. Use your own. Um, sorry. Uh, okay, here's one. I sleepwalk and have been known to do wheeze in strange places, once in a wardrobe. No, that's just a really adorable anecdote, Alex. Try again. Um, okay. Love feels like a beast at the centre of a labyrinth sometimes. Oh, Jesus, bring string. I'm loving the cross-pollination of your energy, ladies. Oh, thank you. We like it too, except when we don't. And then there's some sulking. Then there's a, um, there can be a biting loneliness. Then there's some snotty crying sometimes. Then there's regretful regret and a very, very sincere apology. Then there is tea. Good. Because I made tea. And what tea, Carmen? Oh, thank you, it's nothing. No. What tea is it, though? It tastes different. It tastes quite strange. It's a blend of my own. Dun, dun, dun. Don't worry, nothing too weird. Oh, exciting. I love a new tea. Oh, that is loamy. All right, so... As we sit here, drinking our mystery tea, perhaps you would like to tell us how Fluff came to be in your... How, how did you, Carmen, come to possess a possessed teddy? Well, you know, I'll have to give some background of a quite personal nature. Oh, excellent. We live for gossip. Me openly, Peggy secretly. All right. Have you ever made a man angry? Yes. And because it was his own fault, really, he got even angrier. Of course, he found his own feelings to be too atchy. So he decided to scorch someone else's homestead to distract from the holes in his own roof and the troubles with his own kin. This has never happened to me. You have such an interesting light in your eyes right now, Carmen, and I really want to know more. Well, you know, in spite of his anger, or perhaps because of it, you had reached a plane of existence where his petty words meant little to you, and you were possessed of a solicitor and barrister team with the fighting fire of the archangels. And therefore he had no choice but to resort to the paranormal to try and wound you. Do you know what? Actually, my barrister was called Gabriel, so I did have a quarter of an archangel squad. But anyway, sorry. Have you ever made a man that angry? Um, I, I, okay, no, actually, 
that hasn't quite happened to that level with the legal archangels and all. But, you know, there's time. Yes, Peggy always has time for a new feud, don't you, Peg? Yes, there is always time for fresh enmity and... Oh, cake. She will always make room for dessert. Life needs its rewards. It distracts from the enmity. Ladies, you're making me hungry. I have some more jammy dodgers. Can I tempt you? Oh, always. So, to go back to Fluff. Actually, what, why is he called Fluff? A mispronunciation of Fluff. Boring, I know. Nothing about this is boring. Sorry, go on. As you might have guessed from the description of my legal team, the divorce was not a good one. I was a second divorce, and yes, in order to pay my settlement fully, he did have to sell a house that had been in the family for quite some time, several generations or something. So a year or so later, when I thought the dust had fully settled, I came home from a hair appointment, and who was sitting on my granite worktops? Only the man himself. Fluff. My ex had left a note beside him. Here's someone to help you enjoy your ill-gotten gains. You and your voracious fanny deserve this. Wow. All right. Uh, two questions. One, do you have a voracious fanny? And two, do you consider your gains ill-gotten? I'll take question one first. Voracious? Not really. No hungry than the average, I imagine. But he feels that I trapped him into a scandalous marriage. A 15-year marriage, by the way which apparently led to such a terrible unhappiness that it could only be alleviated by being sucked off by a series of colleagues, you know, until he found the perfect blowjob and made her his wife. Wife number three, dopey drawers. Oh, like a rather adult version of sex, Goldilocks. Sexy locks. Goldie sex. You were the second bed. You were too soft. Or hard. Alex, please, please stop. It's fine. The main thing to remember with Michael is it's never his fault. It's my fanny's fault. Or, you know, the fault of whoever's fanny is nearest. And question two, ill-gotten gains. Yes, ill-gotten gains. Him acting like I had departed the court with a bag-marked swag instead of my rightful share of what he had accrued with my support during our marriage. My support was key. Really? Yes, really. We are talking about a man who did not understand what happened to his shirt after he fucked it on the floor. He just knew that it would turn up again in his wardrobe at some point. He never gave a work presentation that I had not contributed to. How many times did I stop him weeping over a PowerPoint, wailing over a quarterly report? I was the one who caught those tears before they fucked up his laptop. A lot. Okay, I'm actually going to do some deep breathing for a minute. Understandable. Take your time. It's okay. Sometimes just thinking about doing deep breathing makes me feel better. Go on. So, how long had Fluff been part of Michael's family? You sent a photo on and he doesn't look that old. Yes, I was slightly disappointed that he's not one of those darkly glamorous thief bears that causes a storm on Antiques Roadshow and makes people at home go, How much for a fucking teddy bear? Where's my tea? I know. 
He's just a very average looking bear. To be honest, the whole trouble with Fluff, as it was known in the family, it only started after his granny Arlene died. She was a difficult woman. Uh, well, you know... A woman who required life to proceed in a certain way if she wasn't going to sabotage the happiness of the people she allegedly loved? Yes, that. She was an absolute fucking bitch. Moved arguments around the family like Gary Kasparov moving pieces on a chessboard. Her hobbies were crocheting lurid acrylic blankets and creating feuds. And she loved them. She absolutely loved them. The blankets or the feuds? Both. Until she died. Roaring, I might add. Not from pain, I imagine, but from the very concept of oblivion and the lack of control it suggested. So I think she decided to stick around. Fluff started to misbehave shortly after she went into the clay. Ah, so given that you think it's Arlene... Why don't you call her that? Yes, um, do you not want to assume in case it's a different spirit or, you know, a demon and then they get insulted and things get even worse? Well, it's not that I doubt it's Arlene. It's that I don't want to give her the satisfaction. This whole thing is essentially a massive tantrum and that's not my problem. So fluff the bear it is. So you knew the significance of this gift when you saw him? I did. And did he make his presence felt immediately? Did he ever thumps in the night, the most appalling smells? Does a ghost bear shit in the utility room? Yes, he does. Initially I was quite addled, and you know I had a lot of other things to do with my life. I made a conscious decision to live very fully since Michael and I parted. I had a new friend, Lawrence, and the stomping of an angry wee teddy bear in the middle of the night can really interfere with the discoveries of a new friendship. Quite. How did you cope? Well, firstly, I didn't. There was a very Xanaxy couple of weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. Alex, what age do you think I am? Um, I, I don't like ever an answering that. Go on. No, I'm frightened. Oh, stop it. I'm 55. Now my own mother dropped at 60. Sure, I could be hit by a bus tomorrow. I spent 15 years in what can only be described as an illusory relationship. And let me tell you this. Yes? I am who I am, you know. And who's that? I am a woman in the latter stages of her life who has fallen back and let go of the things that no longer help her. Oh, that sounds nice. It is. And I'll tell you what else I am. Go on. I am a woman who can deal with a fucking possessed teddy bear. Yes, you are. Tell us how. Well... After the initial period of just not coping, I returned to an interest that I had since childhood. Magic and ritual. Witchcraft. Uh, you were a little witch. Adorable. Well, it started more as an Anne of Green Gables. 
I can pray best to God in the open fields sort of vibe. But yes, eventually I found great solace in tapping into the forces that were all around us and curving them somewhat to my will. You know, I mean, I didn't go the full Nancy from the craft, but I cast a spell or two a week over ten years. Well, no one wants to go full Nancy. Not unless they're really cross with their parents or they've had dealings with Skeet Ulrich. Oh, he's very sneaky looking. Although, to be honest, I have always been partial to a sly looking man. Is your friend Lawrence sly looking? Lawrence is a lovely man. How dare you? Sorry. I'm only joking, I'll be honest. He used to be a Jesuit priest and he really reminds me of Richard Chamberlain and the Thornbirds, which, you know, I'm only human. So not sneaky, just the bang of sorrow off him about the inability to keep the vows. Well, he won't like me saying that. We can, we can edit it out. We can take out things that you're uncomfortable with. Oh no, if you're listening, Lawrence, I'm very sorry. I'll make the Provencal stew again as reparations. Chicken and olives, girls. Liking olives is something Peggy and I have in common. In many ways, we are dissimilar, but olives have been a healthy common ground for us. There has to be something, right, to bind the bonds of human relationships. I mean, I like, I like to think. I mean, I, I think that, I think it's more than just olives. Oh, it is, but that's definitely one of the things. Why are you making that face? You look all wobbly. No reason, I'm not making a face. What were the methods you used to keep fluff in line, Carmen? Well, initially a fair few protection spells, room cleansing until I got him into the spare room, and then timeouts were enforced via salt circles. And also, and don't judge me for this, holy water and communion wafers. They're actually really really effective which is annoying I know I know I'm not huge into the whole transubstantiation thing myself but they certainly have something about them keep master fluff in his place for sure I also had some wonderful guidance from my friend Lawrence bearing in mind his previous profession ah former priestliness yes he's a therapist now but he still has some of the apparatus of his former trade and the spiritual knowledge of course oh sutan and a fancy crucifix oh you know he does put those eyebrows away you so all right um using arts dark and otherwise you were able to keep fluff in line absolutely and when we had a period of good behaviour, I left him in the sunroom with copies of Hello magazine and some cheap china, and he could let off some steam. And does that work? Oh, of course. Fluff scratches out the eyes of Dame Joan Collins and her lovely husband Percy with the pieces of broken crockery. Tires him right out. And you know, bit by bit, I learned to live with him. I hoped he would eventually move towards the light or, you know, the flames or whatever. So you learned to control him? I did. Until I had cause to unleash him again. This time for my own purposes. And what were those purposes? My stepdaughter, Amandine. She came to live with me. Tell us a little bit about Amandine. 
Did someone read a romance novel before they chose her name? Well, poor Micheline wasn't going to be getting any romance from Michael, so yes, I imagine there was a lurid paperback involved in the naming of their child. Is Amandine, um, is she nice? Look, I know it's not polite to compare a human being to a jewelled wasp larvae, but there are times when I think she might burrow inside me and eat my organs. Oh, that's, that's very specific. I just saw it in a documentary. It's fresh in my mind. The mother wasp zombifies a cockroach and lays the egg on it. And then there's a lot of burrowing and chomping. It eventually springs forth from a desiccated corpse. They're very pretty, though, the wasps. Why do you know this? Well, it was on Secret Life of the Zoo, which you could have watched with me. You know that show makes me cry. I will never get over Pedro the Anteater. Never. And you don't have to. Sometimes we must sit with our sorrow. Sorry, Carmen. Pedro died. I can hear you. Sorry, of course you can. Um, what happened with your stepdaughter? Why did she come to live with you? She was living with her boyfriend and that went tits up because, you know, she's very, you know. So she went to live with her dada, which caused problems with herself, the new idiot, dopey drawers. Oh, wife number three. Indeed. Of course. Then it's back to her mama, but she fucked that up royally via an argument over a very, very tacky piece of Louis Vuitton. Isn't it? Isn't it all? Oh, no, pet. I have some pre-conglomerate pieces you'd piss yourself over. But anyway, Miss Amandine lands on my doorstep, and you know what? I thought, given her predicament, there would be a rapprochement, or at least a slightly conciliatory attitude. And was there? Was she grateful for you letting her stay? Was she? Fuck. She never liked me. God bless her. You see, Michael and I... Well, we got together in a way that was, well, it wasn't above board. It was on a board table every now and then, but it wasn't above board. Do you get me? Your relationship began with a workplace infidelity? Oh, darling, it began with lots of infidelities. But I was the best stepmother I could have been. But you know, we don't get a good press. And Micheline, that's Michael's first wife. She didn't make it easy with how she spoke about me. That whore, hungry gee, whiskey tits, etc., etc. But sure again, can she be blamed? We were all in the middle of that V-necked maelstrom called Michael. By the way, do you have a photo of him? Sorry, all burnt in a solstice bonfire pet. Look, I have had a lot of therapy. And I want that for Amandine, I do. I want her to feel whole, despite, quite frankly, the fucking hames we made of her upbringing between the three of us. But that does not mean that I am a punching bag for her. I'm just not. So I did what I had to do. I released the bear. How did you get him to focus on her? Oh, I left a cheap laptop in his room, playing her YouTube channel. She has a lot of haul videos. And then I unsealed him, and he made his presence felt. And how did he go about that? Well, initially it was subtle. Well, 
subtle for fluff. There was the great uncrotchening. The great un uncrotchening? Is, is that... Do I... Do I want to know? Oh, it was funny. I think Fluff disapproved of her underwear choices. Every single gusset removed from her Victoria's Secret collection. I mean, I did get blamed for that initially, but it happened again when I was out. So, I bought her some full briefs from Marks, and they remained untouched. She called me a vengeful C-word. Oh, um, anything else? All her perfume was soured. The entire Ariana Grande collection reduced to fetid slime, you know? But of course these were just small steps, amuse-bouche, along with the usual knocks and bangs in the night, slammed doors, temperature drops, etc. Although Amandine does come with her own door slamming and temperature drops. How did you protect yourself during this time of freedom from Master Fluff? Well, I really kept up to date with my personal protection rituals. And now I, I kind of did this for a mess. And Lawrence was horrified. But I made a draft excluder that was stuffed with holy wafers from my bedroom. Well, he was horrified initially, but he was glad of it when he could hear Fluff stomping around outside the bedroom, but not coming in and disturbing us. Eventually, it just escalated to the point where I managed to get rid of Amandine. What happened? So, she decided to have a bit of a gaff, as they say nowadays. A house party. I was away with Lawrence at a meditation retreat, and at four in the morning, I got a voice message that she was leaving. I didn't even get it until we were on the way home, because there was no phones allowed at the monastery. Do you want to hear it? Oh, oh yes. I'm going, and you're really looking hungry. you get the gist? A lot of frightened young people that night. Forty of them. That is a lot of people having a direct experience with a supernatural force. Did you get any blowback from that? Not really, no. No? Well, they all blamed it on a bad batch of pills. You know how it is. And in fairness, listening to her, they may also have had a bad batch of pills. Well, I don't think something that makes you feel strong affection towards everyone, whether they are good people or not, can be described as anything but bad. They are all bad batches. Here comes the spoil sport. Peggy doesn't like MDMA affection, but listening to Amandine, I think that's more likely to be... Well, no, 
It's sweaty, it's stupid, it's indiscriminate, and... I really think they were on something else, but let it spill, Peg. It dissolves, it doesn't last, and I like affection to last. True affection lasts. Too many relationships require chemical assistance. True affection shouldn't need it. It's supposed to be enough by itself. Oh, you started all prickly and now you're all soft. Fuck off. Peggy, I'm with you. As we say on the later bloom, love me sober or don't love me at all. Can I interest you in a weekend experience that I'm curating? Probably not, no. Well, I'll email you an invitation anyway, in case you change your mind. Best send it to me, Carmen. So, this recording is us attempting to get some footage of Fluff. Carmen was kind enough to let us stay over, as he does tend to be more active at night. So, this is the recording of what happened. I mean, it could have been more... No. Uh, okay, I won't do spoilers. See what you think. So, there's himself sitting on the dressing table. I have left a copy of Hello magazine there. It would improve your chance of activity if you were to loudly compliment Dame Joan Collins while Fluff is here. Well, night night, sleep well. Pass me the magazine, Alex. Here you go. Uh, okay, well, should I say something or, or do you want to? All right, I'll do, I'll do it. Do you know, I think Joan Collins looks so glamorous. It's an eternal elegance, really. I do think that, Peggy. I can't hear you with your mouth, Guardian. I do think that, Peggy. You're right, of course. Everyone thinks that. I'll try again. I know her handsome husband, Percy, is younger than her, but really, I think he looks older. Again, Peggy, I don't see how anyone, even with the prejudice against Dame Joan, could disagree. All right. The Stud is an amazing film, and in it, Joan's icy elegance puts Grace Kelly to shame, even though Grace had an Irish surname and married an actual prince. Oh, that'll do it. Peggy? Yes? Where has Fluff gone? Oh, oh shit. shit! We're fine, Carmen, really. Stuff like that happens all the time. Here, I've wrapped some frozen peas in a tea towel for you. I have never been slapped so hard. He really packs a whack for a stuffed toy. He most certainly does. Speaking of packing a whack, Carmen, when you came in with your wand, wow! And was that a cloak? Oh, sure, I like to dress for an occasion. And even though I knew you were both very experienced, there's something particularly disarming about a demonic teddy bear. And I wanted to be ready. Well, you levitated the shit out of him. I know. It's an awful pity he trashed your equipment. A bit of evidence would have been nice. Well, he's grounded again. Although I feel a bit bad because we did some provocation with the Joan Collins thing. I'll drop him in a Catherine Cookson novel later. Catherine Cookson. Well, he gets very quiet if I give him one of those. Well, that's fair. She's a page turner. Why don't you try him with Barbara Taylor Bradford? He might like that. Or Danielle Steele? No, maybe not. No, too sexy. Okay. 
I think we've learned a lot from you, Carmen. I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if I'd like you because you've gone to the trouble of making an Instagram persona. But actually, I'm pretty sure I would like you on my apocalypse team now. Oh, high praise indeed. She hasn't issued an apocalypse team invite in years. Oh, well, thank you. I'm flattered. That's lovely of you. I really enjoyed talking to you, too. I tend not to focus too much on this sort of paranormal stuff in my brand, but I do hope every woman out there finds her power, and if that means learning to harness the dark forces that surround us all, then so be it. Get elemental, my sisters. And if you meet a maelstrom in a v-neck called Michael, walk away. And Amundine, pet, if you're listening, this is all for your own good. I hope the job search is going really, really well. Yes, good luck, Amundine. And remember, with your experience dealing with a possessed teddy bear behind you, dealing with a telesales supervisor who doesn't like the fact that you have a working human bladder will be much, much easier. I won't add anything further to that because I can almost hear the rage shrieking from here. Thank you, Carmen, for talking to us. And thank you, Fluff, for being a very useful ball of cuddly, incandescent rage. Cottage update. We have moved in. Yes, we have. Have you switched the microphone on this time or I'm I going to be talking for nothing? It's on, it's on, I swear. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, we have moved in. We are getting used to, and I dare say enjoying, the Dan Walker sun face staring at us in the kitchen. And Peggy has some news, don't you, Peg? I do. Alex's grandmother, Rose, has decided to stick around. She met my grandparents when they came back from their river cruise and has had such fun that we now have three nosy old dead people here with us all the time. Yes, um, criticising our and each other's toasted sandwich methods. Our tea-milk-sugar ratios, our television choices. They seem to have a strong desire to watch a lot of Hollyoaks while making rude comments and cackling in my ear about boobs. I have left some travel brochures around. And I live in hope. Not like you, Peg. Well, there's your shock for the day. Enjoy it. Also, speaking of travel, we're going on one of Carmen's weekends soon. Peggy has agreed to open her mind to the later bloom experience. Yes, I am going. I am not going to enjoy it. But there's bell tents and I will be there too. And I've booked a herbal poultice workshop. Oh, lovely. And I have you down for some natural yarn dye. Well, I, I do actually enjoy the transformative powers of onion skins. Fine. I will try to enjoy that. You will. And also, for anyone who is concerned, Fluff is very much enjoying the works of Barbara Taylor Bradford, and there is some real peace and quiet in Carmen's house. And, as a reward, a subscription to Country Living has been purchased. Oh, very nice. Yes. She is still hoping Fluff heads towards the light. Or flames. Or flames. I hope it's not flames. Anyway, Carmen doesn't mind if Fluff stays for a while anyway. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is the last episode. Sorry if it wasn't your sort of thing. But if it was, come back next year. Helpful friends will be waiting. But it's okay if you don't come back. Wait, next year? Are we doing this again?
Yes, we are. I had fun. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Well then, yes. We will see you next time, listener. Listeners. Fine. Listeners. <laughs>